This is Indonesia in depth. I'm Sean Corian and I'm Tanita. PKB nomor 1 Garuda nomor 6 Golkar nomor 4 Nasdem The race for seats in the Indonesian parliament is more competitive this year. It became more challenging because not only of the increased number of political parties that are participating in the race, but also because of the increased parliamentary threshold. The threshold is the minimum percentage of the national vote that political parties must receive in the legislative election to participate in parliament. If that minimum is not met, the political party will be disqualified. The threshold was increased from 3.5% in 2014 to 4%, or around 5 million national votes by the 2017 election law. The implication of that to the implication the to the presidential election is the presidential candidate must focus more on his own campaign team in running the process so that he can be uh, elected both the candidate except uh, for two political parties because although elections is participated by 16 political parties but only two political parties which has the real candidate of the president that is Dr Jayadi Hanan from the Saiful Mujani Research and Consulting or SMRC joining with us again on the program changes in other regulations specific to the presidential election have also influenced how political parties behave during this election one of them is a controversial restriction on how political parties can nominate a presidential candidate to run for <clears throat> presidential election a candidate must be supported and nominated by political parties or the combination of political parties that have at least 20% of the seat in the parliament According to the 2017 election law, any party that wishes to nominate a candidate for president must show that their party or the coalition of parties back in the nominee currently holds at least 20% of the legislative seats or got at least a quarter of the popular vote in the last election in 2014. Now, none of the current parties meet the threshold on their own. The election law, which includes the threshold requirement, was passed with strong support from PDIP and Golkar lawmakers. The law was pushed through to ensure that it would be more difficult for smaller or newer parties to nominate candidates for president and vice president in the 2019 election. Gorindra and other parties wanted to do away with the threshold entirely, but lacked the votes to get it passed. No party has more than 20% or has at least 20% of the seats in the parliament. They have to join forces. But because the candidate for the presidential elections, only two pairs now, and meaning that there are only four persons, so not each of these political party can uh, nominate their own candidate. Uh, in other words, most of the political parties do not have their cadre or their person as the candidate on the ticket of the presidential elections. That means that the, for the political party who does not have this kind of candidate or uh, the political parties that the candidate for the president is not their own po- political party affiliate, then there is less incentive for them to focus very much on the presidential election campaigning. More incentive for them is to focus more on legislative campaigning. Adalah masyarakat modern yang maju Adil dan 
berdasarkan Pancasila. Berdasarkan Pancasila. Pancasila. Not only will the legislative election this year be very competitive, the election itself will be much more complicated. The current election is the is called concurrent election, meaning that the uh, legislative elections is uh, is conducted simultaneously with the presidential elections, which is different from before, and this is the first time Indonesia in general will experience this kind of uh, election. The upcoming election will be a so-called concurrent election, which means that both legislative and presidential elections will be held at the same time on the same day. Now, this is a major change to the election process itself and to the political coalition process. Because previously, the legislative and presidential elections were held at different times. So people would first vote for their representatives and then three months later voted on the presidential tickets backed by coalitions of parties. Now, these tickets and coalitions were formed only after the legislative elections and based on the result of how each party performed in that election. Now, because it was held separately, the legislative election became instrumental for parties to assess their seat strengths in the House and also allowed parties, the one that cleared out the old um, 3.5% vote threshold, to form coalitions and then choose a presidential candidate. But now, for the 2019 election, um, the lobbying and political deal-making all had to be done without knowing how parties would perform or how many seats they would control. And coalitions and presidential tickets had to be decided by August 2018, or eight months before the election, which is in April 2019. There are some challenges, both for uh, parliamentary or legislative election, and also for presidential election. For presidential election, when the election is simultaneous like now, mind you that Indonesian election is multi-party elections, meaning that both presidential elections and also legislative elections are participated by several or more than, in the case of 2019, more than, uh, there are 16 political parties at the national level that will compete in in the elections. One of the big challenges for the presidential uh, candidate is there is a possibility of his political party team to be not so much focused on the presidential election because political parties must focus more on their existence in the parliament. Research shows that political parties that make up both the government coalition or the opposition coalition don't benefit from a so-called coattail effect. Now, what's a coattail effect? It basically means that there's a tendency of a presidential candidate to attract votes for other members of his or her own party or other parties associated with them. The only way such a coattail effect might work in Indonesian politics is if members of their own party were a presidential or vice presidential candidate. One quick example of the significance of the coattail effect is when two Islamic-oriented parties, the Prosperous Justice Party, PKS, or the National Mandate Party, PAN, PAN, were desperately lobbying Prabowo, hoping that he would choose one of their chairmen as his vice presidential candidate, as both parties really needed a boost uh, on being on Prabowo's ticket. Prabowo, 
aware that a VP candidate from either party would not help boost his own polling numbers in the upcoming election as the two parties are facing difficulties on their own. He decided to choose Santiago Uno as his running mate, a senior member of the Gringer party, that's Prabowo's party. Although PKS and PAN are backing Prabowo for president, their campaign teams and resources are focused more on the legislative election and their survival in the House. It's unlikely that they will contribute financially to Prabowo's campaign, but instead likely choose to merely promote him on the campaign trail. This has also been affecting Widodo's coalition, where smaller parties such as the People's Conscious Party, Hanura, and the Islamic-oriented party, United Development Party, or PPP, realize that they can't rely on any coattail effect since neither the president nor the vice presidential candidate hailed from their party. So they are forced to focus all their efforts on their own legislative campaigns rather than Widodo's re-election efforts. These parties are also fighting to stay alive and meet the parliamentary threshold. In addition to this, presidential candidates can't rely on their coalition partners to provide campaign funds. And uh, in Indonesian elections, it has been uh, common practice both at the local elections and also national elections. If you are running for uh, especially the highest office like presidential and vice presidential office, the financing for that kind of campaign should be based on your own capacity in terms of that, that financing. The new 4% parliamentary threshold is a serious concern for many parties. In 2014, the 3.5% threshold was already tough enough for some parties, and that was with only 12 parties running. Technically, all of the existing 10 parties that came in as a result of the 2014 election could make it back into the parliament this year. But the thing is, now there are six new parties competing. So you have a higher threshold and more parties running. Now, in the upcoming election, a whopping 8,370 candidates are fighting for the 575 seats in the House Representatives. This 4% parliamentary threshold, or equal to 5 million national votes, in this year's election, is actually threatening to kill off several new and existing parties. Well, not all of them, but some who will are among the well-known parties that some of you listeners might already be aware of. Um, Nasdem, for example, or the National Democrats, might meet this threshold, but still quite tricky. And PKS needs to work hard to ensure that it can meet this requirement. Hanura, Pan, and PPP appears to be among the existing parties that are in most trouble. And PPP is an old party and has been in existence, I think, since 1973, uh, during the early days of President Suharto. And the other smaller or new parties? Man, think they will need a miracle to meet the threshold. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The party members that fail to meet this threshold in the upcoming election will most likely jump to the larger parties later. But then again, these parties will be selective in who they take in, particularly looking at how many votes these candidates received at the electoral district level. Alright, now because of the threshold, we could see a reduction of parties than what we have now. But what's the impact of this in the parliament itself? 
Well, technically, the less parties you have in parliament should equal less negotiating. Deal making and lobbying among factions should also be more efficient. But if there are one or two dominant parties, say、uh, PDIP and Greendra, then their bargaining power will be much stronger and more influential. Also, a factor in the next parliament is the possible change of the internal governing regulations of parliament that determines how senior positions are allocated, like it did in 2014. So PDIP won the most seats in their parliament, but they were prevented from holding senior leadership positions、um, as a result of such change issued right before the election took off. So let's just see how this plays out when the new parliament is sworn in in this coming October. Listeners should follow Saiful Mujani Research and Consulting (SMRC) on Twitter at saiful_mujani to get their latest updates and surveys. If you have any comments for us, please send them to info@indonesiaindepth.com. And if you enjoy our content, give us a shout out on Twitter at indoindepth. I'm Sean Corrigan, and I'm Tanita. Thank you for listening.